TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody. Um, we're going to try and get out of here as quick as possible so we can watch Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, thank you for coming and watching Fire Rounds. Uh, maybe the, the lowdown on this this very, very, very lackluster card. Let's hit that intro. <laughs> Hello guys, I am Mags and with me as always the Arco uh, Substrack British Champion, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm not too bad. Alright, let's quickly fly through this card because uh, even though it was uh, quite a long card, there's not that many actual talking points mm-hmm. to be fair. Uh, the, the, the card actually was ravaged during the week. It started at the beginning of the week with just one fight named. Uh, after the the Diego Sanchez uh, controversy, um, and then we've obviously uh, people getting injured and pulling out. I think it was originally meant to be Dillashaw versus Sandhagen as the mm. as the main event, uh, but we did eventually get eleven fights named, and then two cancelled on on uh, on uh, weighing day because people uh, miss weight and stuff like that. So we end up with actually nine fights, three on the prelims, which was. Uh, Carlston Harris um, getting the first round sub against Christian Aguilera. Uh, Park Ju-Young getting the decision against Tafon Chukwe, who, uh, who was actually dot points for, for I think it was for hard a couple of times and a few low kicks, a low blows. And then Mark Chisano getting the decision in the uh, third round against uh, Ludovic Klan. So then going on to the main card, we opened with uh, Phil Hawes, and Carl Dawson, and for me, I think this was the most entertaining fight of the of the whole card. Carlos was um, started off with Dawkins uh, trying to control with the ground game, um, but Hawes, uh, you could tell he was very very dangerous mm-hmm. on his on, on on his feet and with with his strikes. Um, I think after that 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 really dominant first round, I think Hawes did really well to to uh, pick up his game. Uh, he actually ended up going for more uh, takedowns than than uh, Dawkins did, and he was able to control Dawkins on the ground, which was a real shot. But whenever it was on the feet, goddamn Hawes looked like he had some power behind his uh, hands. I think there was a point where he's it looked like he broke Carl uh, Dawkins' nose, uh, but there was also some points where Hawes looked like he was rocked. But going through uh, the in the third round, uh, I think this was the most dominant round for Hawes. He absolutely just demolished uh, Dorcas, and uh, there was plenty of time. I thought he was going to actually land uh, a knockout punch. Unfortunately for for Hawes, he wasn't able to, uh, but he uh, easily got the the uh, unanimous uh, decision. Carl, what do you reckon of this fight? Um, Carl came in obviously the, the favorite to win the fight, but. He came in with a game plan of, I'm going to try and tire Phil out. Now, mm-hmm. it's fair enough you doing that, but how's your cardio in the first place? How can you can you even push yourself that much to get him tired originally and you actually still have enough gas in the tank left to actually finish the fight? And in this case, it, it didn't look like Carl sort of tried to 
wrestle with him in the first, realised I'm going to be next year, a bit too strong, yeah. And Phil just weren't, weren't letting up. His, his gas tank was not running out, even if he was trying to wrestle him or whatever. So I think his coach is giving the perfect, um, well, somewhat perfect advice, even though he, he, in the in the third, he, he, one of his, it was probably the worst round for him. His coach is giving the the better option, the better advice to basically let go of the trying to secure the takedown and see what they can do on the feet. And just unfortunately, Phil was just a all round better fighter tonight and mm-hmm. better than Carl. And people should have won money if you put bets on. You definitely won with the underdog. Yeah, absolutely. Then going into the second fight, and what I think pretty much everyone tagged us going to be probably the farther than that and even though it didn't go to the the end it, it certainly didn't disappoint uh diego ferreira taking on gregor gillespie um first first round uh i think uh gregor thought he might have bit off more than he could chew uh ferreira was uh was really good uh with with the the opening shots um gillespie did try for a takedown um, but Ferreira was it was very agile. Um, I mean, there was times when his leg was high, higher up than his head. It was just uh, the way he was able to to kind of like um, defend against the takedowns. But he was also really good at, at kind of like switching position and, and rolling into uh, into different um, moves. And I think uh, Gillespie was was kind of like struggling. Like, oh dear, what am I going to do? He's, he's, he's clearly as good as me on the ground. Uh, and when it's on the on the feet, he can hurt me. Uh, but then we get into the the, the second round, uh, and Ferreira really tries to open up with the with the boxing. Uh, Gillespie again going down for the takedown doesn't get it, um, and it was actually starting to get bullied now. Uh, so Gillespie just would not give up on that takedown. It was and it was a, a case of just trying his best to keep Ferreira down, uh, doing a, a lot of transitions. And then, um, just as as we're getting towards the end of the round, uh, Gregor Gillespie is uh, he's actually got in, in uh, basically he's got um, Ferreira's back, and he's able to just land punch after punch after punch. And um, the referee, just uh, I think it was uh, Chris Tonyone, um calls the fight with a uh, with a few seconds of the of the second round to go. And uh, I think Gregor Gillespie has pulled a win out of what was probably going to be a loss for me, but. Uh, Good victory for him, uh, and he moves on. He definitely does move on, uh, especially with near enough getting, well, he definitely got hurt in the first. And... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Was he rocked getting close to knockout? Mm-hmm. Only, only he'll sort of know, but... 
Yeah, especially in that far, um, Carlos was dangerous in the first in the first round, but Gregory Gillespie, he did the game plan that Carl wanted to do, mm-hmm. and he sort of did it, and it worked out for him. Yes, guaranteed coming after coming after, uh, after the first round, he um, he was gassing and it was a bit wobbly from fatigue, but when you noticed in the second round the takedowns were coming a lot more easier for him. Carlos wasn't really defending them. That's the only reason why he was sort of gassing out after the first round to push the pace to enough to where, again, it, it worked out and Freire weren't able to sort of defend the takedowns or defend really a lot of stuff in the second or in the third. and uh, Yeah, in the second. Um, so when it came to the end of the second, like it was going into the third, uh Gillespie were just able to just open up and just basically empty the fuel tank. As soon as them hooks uh, was underneath the hips, they elevated it and mm-hmm. um, Freire weren't going anywhere. Gillespie knew just unleash the tank here and the ref's going to stop it. Even if they weren't, they didn't even need to be hard blows in the ref would have stopped it. But yeah, um, but that's what happened. And to say he had a win since 2019, he hasn't fought since 2019. You can tell it was a very uh, emotional time for him. Yeah. I mean, you even said in the in the post fight, he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. He's thirty four year old, so uh, it, the the win meant a hell of a lot to him. Mm. Uh, then, first of all, we've got in the chat Tanner. Uh, hello, Tanner. How are you today, sir? Um, let's get into this. Uh, the middle of this card, Carlson, probably the most disappointing fight of the lot. Uh, Morris Green taking on Marcos Ruggiero de Lima in, in, in the heavyweight division. And it actually started fairly bright. Both guys were swinging, a lot of missing, uh, kind of like two drunk uh, drunk blokes uh, uh, throwing fists. But it did it did have potential to be uh, a pretty decent fight. And then uh, Lima took the fight to the ground and spent pretty much... 12 minutes lying on top of Morris Green, mm. uh, not really doing a lot of work and doing just enough that the, the referee didn't stand them up. And I think the more interesting thing was, one, Morris Green's uh, ground game is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely and, and, his, uh, and his stand-up was not brilliant today at all because he missed pretty much 90% of his shots. But the, the most interesting thing that happened in this fight was the app hawking and the uh, shot after the bell, which uh, which made uh, Murray, which had Morris Green really upset. Uh, even Herb Dean threw in some uh, F-bombs in there. Um, I thought at the beginning of the third round it was actually going to get stopped because of the, the late punch, but uh, Herb Dean uh, calmed stuff down, really uh, told uh, Green that he needs to be careful with the fingers. Uh, told Lima that uh, next time he'll he'll be doing more than docking a point, but I don't actually think he docked a point. You know, no. looking at the scorecards, he didn't dock the point. But again, we got a lot of the same thing. Uh, Lima again, the 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 fight down to the floor, and and Green just being smothered, uh, whilst Lima was not doing that much damage. Uh, Lima deserved the victory just because of the control on the ground, but. Uh, I don't think any of any of these two fights can come out of this looking looking good. It was it was a woeful fight. Oh, so Morris Green was dog shit tonight. He's he's practicing for Bellator, and you, Murray, you can't really you, you can't really blame him. You can understand 
Yeah, fair enough. He should have done more. He was able to cross over into Mount, which he didn't do, and were able to finish the fight again, which he didn't do. But you're getting paid that money. Morris Green, you've got him on the back, and he's not he's not showing any signs of going anywhere. You stay in that position. You're winning the fight. Then as, as shitty as it sounds, you, he's not getting hurt. He doesn't need to transition. Position over submission. You... Winning that fight no matter what, and but yeah, it's a very, it were a very boring fight, very shit fight. At the end of the day, <laughs> like you, you see Dana always saying about how um, this is the fight like, I've been telling you all about on yeah, every single tweet, <laughs> and it's it's this fight just did not pay off. And Maurice Green is such such a letdown uh, from basically what going to Winkle John. Mm-hmm. I didn't win his last fight or something. Well, I think he's now four, four and four, so he's really kind of traded like wins and losses. But even when we saw him like making his debut in the first two fights that he made, you could see he had the potential. But I don't think in the eight fights that he's had in UFC, he's changed. I think mm-hmm. he's still as at the same level as he was when he first debuted. Well, that's it. I think it, uh, I don't really think he's improved ever since Tough, to be honest with you. No, yeah, exactly. Um, definitely not breaking into the. And it, it's not like he's, he's young, what, he's like 33, 34, yeah. so he's, again, he's not no spring chicken himself, so, and he's just, I've, for someone who's a professional fighter, he's so long and clumsy, mm-hmm. like, he, he puts his head, the head movement is weird on him, and he throws a shot and he's he's sort of bowing down, and yeah. he's, yeah, it's weird for me, I, I don't reckon I'd coach him. Uh, before we get into the next fight let's just have a, a quick word from one of our sponsors at Drizzly do you need to restock your alcohol but you just really don't want to get off the couch Drizzly has you covered with beer, wine and liquor delivered directly to your doorstep head over to drizzly.sjv.io where you can shop a massive selection of beer wine and liquor you can compare prices in your local area and you can choose immediate delivery which will have the alcohol delivered to your doorstep in just 60 minutes drizzly serving 180 markets and they're just getting started so uh after after the the terrible fight of uh green versus delima we got neil magna versus uh jeff neil two fighters who um are trying to really kind of make that break uh, here in the welterweight division, uh, Magny's had a, a really good run of, of recent, and uh, uh, Jeff Neal, the kind of wheels have fell off the wagon a little bit uh, after like such a good start to his UFC career. Uh, and I don't know how happy he'll be with his performance uh, in this fight. Um, first round, um, I mean, all three rounds were pretty much all the same. Magne trying to clinch a lot with uh, with. Uh, with Neil to to avoid getting hit because he has his nickname is not Hands of Steel for no reason. The guy hits like an absolute freight train. Um, but Magni was able to uh, use that that uh, decisive heart and 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 reach advantage to to pick off his shots when he needed to, but then grip and 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 uh, pull uh, Jeff Neil in for for clinching uh, and then land uh, the, the the knees and the elbows. Um, in in the clinch, and it, it just uh, I, f- I feel that Jeff Neal had no kind of second plan 
Um, obviously, when when Magna is is there trying to clinch with you, I don't think uh, Neil had any kind of uh, other mentality than just try and break away and and land shots, which he was just not able to do enough. Uh, in the fight, um, for me, um, I mean, we're not huge fans of Neil Magna because of uh, his past transgressions with with uh, performance enhancing uh, drugs and stuff like that. But Jeez, I've got shit. I've got to give him his props. He came with a, a game plan that worked. Uh, he was able to uh, to kind of uh, phase out um, Jeff Neil. Uh, and 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 kind of like nullify that pressure from those big shots, and he moves up and hope and well, hopefully for him he'll get a, a bigger name in the in his next fight. Hopefully, um, like I say, but Jeff Neal's a very dangerous guy in the feet. Obviously, yeah, fair enough. Granted, his last couple of fights, he's he's not put on the best performance or shown the best versions of himself, but. That doesn't take away from the fact is that Neil were able to, like like you said, he were able to close that distance well when he needed to and clinch up, and he were able to keep Neil away with, um, far with that jab uh, and use his reach really well, and that's what won in the fight. And at the end of the day, what can you do? Jeff Neil comes away the loser out of this, and sometimes what, that's what happens when you're a one-trick pony, and you need to be able to mix it up. And with people like uh, Neil Magna, who have got the reach on you and the heart on you, it only takes a little bit of skill and technique from them and the next one before you know it, you can't even touch them. They're just keeping you at bay with a jab. And again, oh, if you're a power um, hitter, they're just going to clinch you up. And <laughs> if they're, they're bigger than you, odds are they're getting their sharp elbows and sharp knees off quicker than you are with your big old brown rats. Yep. Um, so then after that, we got the co-main event. Donald Cerrone was meant to be facing Diego Sanchez. And I don't know, Carl, if you've seen the uh, the video of Diego Sanchez hung upside down by uh, Josh Fabian and being Fabian, slapped and yeah, kicked. Yeah, and kicking him. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. He needs a boot in that knob. Yeah, this, I, 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 I mean, CT is definitely a thing. Uh, and I think Diego Sanchez is very I much suffering. I think got it as well. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Alex Morono took the fight on uh, on on short notes, and I think this was make or break for Donald Cerrone because this guy's not won since May of 2019 when he beat uh, Ali Quinta um, by decision. He's then lost to Ferguson, lost to Gaethje, uh, obviously lost to McGregor, lost to Pettis, and then I think his last fight was the, the draw against Nico Price, and then he's been finished in the first round uh, yet again, um, and he absolutely got after for me. I think he, he he started fairly brightly doing what uh, Donald Cerrone uh, normally does, but you can tell he's just lost that kind of that half second of pace, uh, just really kind of um, struggled to keep up with, with Moreno. Um, Moreno's jabs were, were really good. Cerrone was, obviously, he's a he, or he was elite level kickboxer, so his kicks to the body uh, were were on point. But the 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 end of the fight come when Cerrone actually landed a really good uh, jab, and it looked like he'd hurt Morono, but Morono just swung that uh, that overhand right uh, all the way around, massive arc, clocks um, Cerrone, uh, wobbles him, and then he just gets blitzkrieged and swarmed, and and the 
basically gets a standing TKO when Mark Goddard calls it uh, with about 20 seconds left. Uh, is that the end of Cerrone in the UFC? You know what? It could possibly well be because with him not having the best track record in his last handful of farts, you've only got to ask yourself, is it worth putting him through the punishment and the damage that a farter puts the body through leading up to the fart, getting in the fart and actually putting on the fart. Mm -hmm. You've got to ask yourself, is he, is he too old? Is he, is he, is his time coming to an end? Like, what is it? Like 36, 16, all in two, no contest. That's a, a, a big record for someone who's been fighting for a hell of a long time. He, over 10 years in the UFC. Um, sometimes you, especially with Dana, we've seen it time and time again, where even with his close friends with Chuck Liddell, he's reached out to him to basically give his advice of, I think you should basically hang it up. And I know uh, they asked Donald Cerrone, Donald Cerrone were a bit pissed off at the question, but at the end of the day, he's got to understand when you, especially coming from a fan's point of view, when you've, who basically, that, that my point, I grew up watching that Cowboy Cerrone, like, WEC when he fucking executes yeah. Ben Anderson. So it's hard to watch someone who's on an absolute tear, just an absolute cowboy, just ripping everybody up, just absolutely not giving a fuck to still not giving a fuck, but then taking a beating, taking more head, uh, head, in, uh, head abuse that like you, you don't need to take. Mm -hmm. because every hit's trauma at the end of the day. That's the way you've got to sit. Especially in this game, the way you've got to see it, every hit to your heads potentially could be a last. Or, yeah, it's it's one of them. For me, I'd, I'd be telling him to think about not. I don't think it, I don't. I don't think he goes to any other promotion. I think he's one of their fighters if he's too loyal to the UFC. Even yeah. if they were to cut him, I think he would retire anyway rather than go to another. Yeah, so I think. I think in all his fighting. Uh, in his MMA career, he's only ever had seven fights outside the UFC before yeah. he came in, and that's um, when the UFC bought. And then he's been what like a decade in the UFC, so yeah, I think it as sad of a way for it to go out. I'd rather he go out still having all his faculties. Um, and the dude can go, uh, they can go and do his uh surfing and his uh and his um, motorbiking, all the stuff that, that USC stopped him from doing because he's an absolute animal, um, and and still be able to to like talk and, and, and make sense. Yeah, and not only that, he's got his BMF, the baddest motherfucking ranch now, he's, uh, with his own training gym and, and his own training facilities. He doesn't he doesn't need to fight anymore. Like he he's got to the point now where he's fighting criteria speaks for itself and he'll get his own fighters he'll he'll have his own uh, his own team of, of fighters who'll go on these regional shows he'll basically will go in his sort of footpaths and it's always a good thing for fighters to sort of pass their knowledge on to the next generation it's not a fair enough it might not be the the same sort of money you get now but at the end of the day it's, it's all sunshine and rainbows yeah so just before we get into this main event uh so a few words from uh, our other sponsor here over at Sleeves. 
If you want to look good while working out, then Sleeps has you covered. With over a thousand print styles for men, women, and children, Sleeps has something for everyone. Head over to Sleeps.com, that's S-L-E-E-F-S.com, find what you like, and at checkout, remember to type in the promo code STSI25 for 25% off your entire purchase. That's Sleeps.com, S-L-E-E-F-S.com, and at checkout, STSI25 for 25% off your purchase. So the main event, um, Marina Rodriguez taking on the karate hotter, Michelle Waterson. And um, this is probably as dominant as a five round as you're going to see uh, in, in in the next few weeks. Um, Marina Rodriguez really kind of was able to stuff everything that Michelle uh, was throwing at her. Um, Michelle's never been really known as someone with a knockout power, uh, using that uh, karate base to to wear down opponents more than anything. And, and um, she scores a lot of wins by uh, decision, but unfortunately, she just wasn't able to compete with uh, with the the power and the the strength of Rodriguez throughout this fight. I mean, you've got to give it Michelle because she's got an absolutely huge heart and never say die attitude. I think even uh, getting into the last one, I think she's got a broken jaw and she still uh, was not giving up at all. Uh, but she was uh, very, very much dominated in this fight. Uh, Rodriguez's shots were much more powerful. Um, Wharton did get some kind of uh, success with the kicks, but it was just there was just not enough of it. And anytime she tried to change levels, uh, Rodriguez was just able to batter away and, and knock her off balance. Um, there were a few mistakes from Rodriguez. Uh, she kind of does jump in a little bit too early and, and leaves herself open. Uh, and a, a couple of times that she uh, she was off balance because of that. Uh, but all in all, I think Michelle uh, Wharton was just not able to handle the, the power and the dynamism of, uh, of uh, Rodriguez. And for me, she, uh, she, uh, Marina definitely deserved this victory, and, and it was a, a a classy win for her. Yeah, definitely. The power was definitely on the on the playing field today, and that was what equally leveled out this fight. Um, obviously, Michelle Waters, some of her karate style with that leg kick and turned it into a straight round, a high roundhouse. That was just beautiful. But I expect nothing less than a, from a. Michelle Waterson, but Marina Rodriguez, she's been in the UFC for a couple of years. It's been a bit of a up and down, a couple mm-hmm. of draws, uh, one loss, a couple of wins in there. And like you said, she's not known as a, a knockout artist in a way. It's either a, well, a draw or a decision. Yeah. Um, and in in this case, it was a it was a decision which was again, like I just said, it one of the others so it was to be expected but that's not to say that she wasn't fighting she, oh, no, to she... Me, yeah she was fighting from from round one to round five and um she just wasn't able to put michelle waters in a way but when you get to when you get higher in them rankings it gets a lot harder to start finishing fighters and getting submissions and getting all this stuff so it's that's why um you you put in, you put in a, enough work, you're going to get a bonus, and mm-hmm. that's sometimes what you, you have to do when you, like I said, when you get into these uh, higher number rank fighters. You, it's not like you're fighting the basically Tim Antic pub. You, you're fighting the yeah rank five. That Tim is a dickhead. 
Yeah, it's your Yankee people who's, who's the best fighters in the world. So it's, you're not always going to be able to just come in there and uh, and do what do basically do what she did in her in her Muay Thai career, and that will basically put people away. And yeah, she's not going to she's not going to be able to do it in this uh, in this division. But two wins this year, this year. Um, maybe she can get a third one in that strawweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe she can start making a, a name for herself and pushing herself for that title. Yeah, maybe. I think um, we might have to be getting to the point where she's going to be a gatekeeper. She's never going to be able to reach the the hearts of, of champion. Which, and and to be fair, if you look at the women's champions now, they're all killers. They're all absolute killers. So um, unfortunately, I don't think Michelle quite fits in that category. But um, she's always going to be a fighter who you know uh, will will leave everything she can in that octagon. Uh, and you've got to give her praise for that. But tonight was just um, Marina Rodriguez's night, and she um, fully, fully deserved that victory. Um, looking forward to next week's card, and uh, this is stacked, Carlos. I'm just uh, looking through the uh, the prelims now, and even the prelims makes a decent card. <laughs> you've got Antonina Shevchenko on there, Lando Venata, Matt Schnell, uh, and Jackery uh, versus Andre Muniz is the is the uh, the feature prelim, and then on the main card, Barbosa versus Burgos, Catlin uh, Chukagian versus Viviana Rajo, Jack Hermanson against Edmund Chavez, and Tony Ferguson against Benil Darius. What a what a lineup for Darius that is! If he can pick off Tony Ferguson, that really kind of makes a mark for him in that lightweight division. But then that main event. For the vacant lightweight title, uh, Dobronx, Charles Oliveira, finally, after so long in the UFC, and after win after win after win after win, getting his chance. But he has to only just beat Michael Chandler. That's yeah. all. That's all you have to do, beat Michael Chandler. Uh, but, yeah, we'll uh, definitely be around for, for that next week. So we would appreciate if you are tuned in for that. Um, but... Um, this is pretty much the end of the show. Thank you all for, for watching and listening along. You can follow me on Twitter at DAJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Definitely go and check out all the rest of the amazing content from the networks we're involved in at Shooting the Sports-ish, at Visionaries Global Media, and obviously at Chair Shot Media Group. Uh, thank you all for listening, and that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.